What's good, everybody? Welcome to the Sports Business Podcast. I am your host, Eric Compton, a.k.a. Money Compton, a.k.a. Mr. Town Business. You are listening to this podcast wherever you are. I appreciate the love and support. This podcast is available on all platforms, wherever you're getting your podcast from. Make sure you hit the like and subscribe button. Make sure you tell three or four friends about me. And also, make sure you leave that five-star rating for your boy. You can find me on Instagram at Money Compton. You can also find me on the Twitterverse, if Twitter's still up and running, at Sports Business. That's S-P-O-R-T-Z. B-I-Z-N-E-S-S. You can also email the show. Uh, coming up on the show today, we definitely going to talk about um, the week week 13 winners. We're going to definitely talk about the Deion Sanders, uh, him going to the University of Colorado. We'll definitely talk about some quick NBA stuff as well. Also, the dummy of the day. But first, before we get into the show, definitely want to take the time out to acknowledge uh, two of my homeboys, my man Clayton, for uh, making things happen this weekend. He asked me a few weeks ago if I was down to go to the Raider game. And initially, I was like, I don't know, bro. That's that's my team and all. But they, they've had a case of the lemon booty this season, and they haven't been playing well. But, you know, we went to the game, and they, they got a nice little win streak. I think they're at a three-game win streak. So it was a dope experience. And then also the equipment manager for the Las Vegas Raiders, my man IT, showed me mad love before the game and then also hooked me up with some uh, paraphernalia after the game as well. So, um Shout out to those two people for making yesterday so dope. They went up, went above and beyond, made things happen for your boy. So, hey man, tell y'all something, man. Y'all need to start following me on social media, man. I done, I done did, I done been around the world these last few weeks, man. So, shout out to those two people because it's those people that are able. If it wasn't for those people. I want to be able to put out my contest. So I really appreciate those two people in particular. And now let's get into the show. Like I said, if you haven't been tracking the last mm, two or three shows for sure. Um, Initially, during the season, I was doing my week, whatever, top five and bottom five teams. I got to the point. Where I started really taking a deep dive at some of these games. And I was looking at, yo, these teams are, a lot of these teams ain't as good as what you think they are. And their their, their records are not reflecting on what their talent really is. So I just ditched the whole bottom five teams and just kind of came to the realization that, yo, if you ain't in the top five, you're just not that good. And this weekend in particular, kind of separate the men from the boys, if you know what I'm talking about. We had, I believe... 15 teams are over, we're over the 500 mark. And out of those 15 teams, 10 of those teams played each other this week. So we actually, for the first time, probably all season long, had a great slate of games. It was even to the point, not going to lie, ladies and gentlemen, I was torn about going to this game because there were so many different good games that were stacked up this weekend. It was almost to the point where I didn't know if I wanted to go because I was, I was almost at the point where I was like, yo, I could just stay at the house and just watch a whole bunch of good football. But luckily, went to the game. Like I said, it was a great game. Had a lot of good times. Got a, a lot of good laughs. You know how we do. So um, going into that, week 13, my, week, my, my winners, they still the Cowboys. They still the Eagles. They still the Chiefs. Um, the Bills are still in there. The Niners is a very, very huge question mark right now. Um, the reason why I still got the Niners in there, even with the big blow to Jimmy G, is I, I you know, the, the fact that Jimmy G went out relatively early in the first quarter 
with that broken foot and you know prayers up to him because my man is the equivalent to anthony davis um in the nfl like he he is a winner he, he he produces when he's playing but then he can't stay healthy i think he's only been able to play 16 games one time in his whole entire career so um mr glass on the nfl side just he broke his foot yesterday which is extremely unfortunate but one thing that stood out to me is that this third now that the 49ers are now on their third string quarterback brock purdy who was the last pick in this year's draft usually usually and kyle shanahan is an interesting fella because I don't know if I would have had enough faith to pass the ball, have my man Brock Purdy pass the ball 37 times with your third-string quarterback. That takes a lot of cojones to be able to have that type of faith in your quarterback who's really only played, I believe, in the Kansas City game when the when the Niners is out here getting dusted off the field. I believe that's only he's been in mop-up duty a lot. So he's only been in some garbage time. For him to come off the pine and get into the game and throw the rock, 37 times and granted i believe he turned the ball over once in the red zone and i believe they had to convert another red zone trip into a field goal here's the two things i see about that one the miami dolphins was in the slouch game like if it was last week i had the dolphins last week it was six top teams and the dolphins was was the honorable mention the dolphins defense ain't nothing to slouch at the dolphins defense is a good team like i said that i picked the winner of this team of this game yesterday to go on to the super bowl now, do you ask me today, like, yo, E, how you feel about the Niners? Are you still on? Are you still buying stock into them? I'm gonna say yeah, and, and the reason why I'm gonna say yeah is that if you can have your backup quarterback throw 37 times in a football game and still win with that defense, it's low key giving me, I would say, the 2000 Baltimore Ravens type of vibes, where they had a quarterback that was just okay and Trent Dilfer, and they pounded the rock with Jamal Lewis, and they had a stellar defense. Now, the Niners, their defense is nowhere near that 2000 Baltimore Ravens team, but their defense is pretty doggone good. And the fact that I believe the defense had a defensive touchdown, I had a couple of turnovers, fumble recoveries, and things like that, were able to get to a, to a Tungalaivoa um, a few times yesterday as well, shows me that this defense is the truth and that they're going to rely heavily on the defense. Now, the wild card is that they brought Christian McCaffrey in here. So now you can literally start pounding the rock. Maybe he might have to start running the ball a little bit more. Um, however, the bad side is Elijah Mitchell's down and out again. So do the Niners go get another running back just to kind of take that that workload off of Christian McCaffrey just so that he's not taking as many hits? Those are all things that you have to consider. You also got to consider is Debo Samuel, are they going to start using him in the backfield more often as well? just to kind of change things up but if you're telling me that your backup your third string quarterback is going to come into the game and throw the ball 37 times i'd have thought you was a madman but they made it happen so i got the niners up there as far as the cowboys go i'm gonna tell you i got home yesterday and i got home watched the beginning of the second half of that cowboys colts game and we all knew the the colts game was trash in fact i was actually thinking like yo why isn't the Dolphins-Niners game flexed into the sun in that game? Because this Cowboys-Colts game don't need to be on TV at all. Like, we all know the Colts. The Colts got a... The Colts, the Indianapolis Colts uh, head coach was somebody that they hired off of Indeed.com. He is a he, he, he is a guy off the regular streets that applied for a job off of Indeed.com and got the job. They don't have a real NFL head coach. So why they were on Sunday Night Football, the world may never know. I know it's the, the dog on Dallas Cowboys, but still. So I get home from the game. It's the beginning of the third quarter, and I believe it's 21-19 to 19 is what at the end of the third quarter what the score was. 
I was tired, ladies and gentlemen. So I literally probably closed my eyes for about 10, maybe 15 minutes. Within that 10 to 15 minutes, I thought I woke up in Mars because I saw the score was 35 to 19. And I was like, with about 12 minutes left in the fourth quarter, I was like, what just happened here? Did I go to sleep with the score? Was the score not what it was? Because I know when I went to sleep, it wasn't this. The, the, the game was closer to this. I didn't know what happened. I saw 35 turn into 40 or something like that. I seen 40 turn into 47. I saw 47 turn into a 50 burger. And I was looking like, what, what, what's going on here? The Dallas Cowboys did what any team that is destined to win a championship was supposed to do. And that is you beat up on these sorry teams and you embarrass the dog doodle out of these boys. And that's what the Dallas Cowboys did. They embarrassed the dog doodle out of the dog on Indianapolis Colts. And like I said, granted, they got a, they got the coach. He don't really know what he's doing. This guy's just there kind of to right the ship, but it ain't working. The, the the Cowboys defense is for real. That's a team. That's another championship caliber defense. That Prescott out there, somewhat of a pedestrian start from what I saw on the film this morning. Looked like it was a little bit of a pedestrian start, but he was able to get it together. The run game, Tony Pollard and Zeke, they look like they're that one-two combo with their collaboration that they got going on. They're, they're, they're figuring it out, and it's looking really, really good. The defense, they're a little nicked up in the secondary right now, which is a little bit concerning. But again, they they got it together. They're making things happen. They're getting up. They're applying pressure and getting getting to the quarterback. So they they got a lot of good things working for them. The OBJ wild card was going is going to be a very very interesting move. Is Jerry Jones and I believe OBJ met with the Cowboys today. Is he going to move forward and, and, and get OBJ? But the Cowboys right now have three very, very good receivers. So is he going to come in and mess up their chemistry? I don't know. But I would definitely like a guy who can stretch the field just a little bit more and, and, and someone who has a championship pedigree and that championship experience to come on by and make things happen. So I like the Dallas Cowboys. The Eagles, uh, that was another game where it was a, it was a uh, uh, what was supposed to be <clears throat> excuse me, a team where you know, playing against the Tennessee Titans, that's, I thought that game was going to be a little bit closer. A.J. Brown playing his former team. He sat there and put that work on him, baby. Derrick Henry looked like someone who was mortal. Um, and, and, and the Eagles, all their questions about can they stop the run, was seemed, they seemed to answer that yesterday because I think Derrick Henry had 11 carries for 30-some-odd yards. Um, so they made it happen, and, and as of right now, they've shown you how to win ugly. They've shown you that they can blow people out, and they've shown that you know sometimes they get a little luck. So, um, and the close game. So they, they've they've been able to do what you're supposed to do as far as a championship caliber team. I still got the Chiefs um, floating around. The Chiefs, I know that, and I, I was talking to my boys over the week, and I was like, "Hey, man, the the, the Bengals got. They might be the the Chiefs kryptonite." I, I just, you know, the fact that they've beaten them three times in one calendar year is saying something. So I still got the Chiefs. I believe they're a game ahead of Buffalo right now for that top seed in the AFC. Um, that first top seed gets the bye for the playoffs. I still got Kansas City. It's just, you know, one of those one of those teams has just got your number. And also the Bills, you know, they I thought I thought the doggone um the, the third string quarterback for the Patriots. What's his name? Zappin' Roger? Blake Zappy or something like that? Zappin' Roger was going to come out there and start singing Computer Love because Mac Jones seems to not have it um, with this team. He also, I don't know about this Patriots team. And I know Tom Brady is left for his third year now, but it just don't seem right. Something's just a little off at the quarterback position. And it might be time for Zappin' Roger to come in and just start doing some more bounce to the ounce because my man Mac Jones just ain't got it. It seems like the players ain't really feeling him. For what I've been told, um, my man walks in there thinking that he is the dude, that he is that guy. 
And it's kind of like, man, you you ain't really proved who you is just because you had that uh, that that championship with Alabama, the COVID year at that. We we don't really know what you what you working with right now, so you might want to take a seat and eat some humble pie. So, Zap and Roger might be the time. It might be time for the Zap Man or Zap and Roger to come off the bench and start start being the quarterback for the New England Patriots if they want to try to salvage this season. So, really really interesting to see. But the Bills they did what they were supposed to do. Um, side note, and I said this on week one when the Colts tied with the Texans. Hey man. Y'all, the NFL got to get rid of the ties. Uh, I watched the uh, I watched the uh, uh, the Commodores, the Washington Commodores, play against the the New York Giants yesterday, and they played to a tie. Which, in my opinion, both both teams deserve to lose, and both teams are just I like the I like the Commodores, but I don't. You know what I'm saying? The Giants is a team that just overachieved this year, and now they're kind of in neutral, and they don't know whether they should move forward or they should start regressing back because Daniel Jones is on a contract year. Uh, Saquon Barkley is on a contract year. They need a lot of help. All I mean in the skill positions as far as wide receivers go, um, tight ends. They need a little bit of help on the O line. Secondary needs a little bit of work as well. So this is a team where even if they make the wild card, they're probably going to get smoked by Philly, um, San Francisco. Even on the third string quarterback, I think would probably give them problems as well. They have NFC South. Well, I mean, whatever. That's um, a team that's probably not even going to make 500. That's going to come out of that division and, and host a playoff game, ironically. So they're not going to beat the Cowboys. They've lost to the Cowboys twice. So um, the Giants are kind of in this weird position. Is like, what do you do? Do you still keep pushing forward when you got a whole lot of question marks that you're going to have to answer? And is this the same team that you're going to move forward with next year to build a championship pedigree on? So that's a very, very interesting thing. But going back to my point. Both teams, I feel like in a tie, the NFL got to change this whole tie rule. They've they've shortened overtime where now it's only 10 minutes, but they got to be like, all right, man, we're getting rid of ties. After 10 minutes, if nobody scored, the next team gets the ball on the 20, and, and we'll probably play college rules or something. But they can't, you can't play 60 minutes. Not to mention, there's not even ties in college football. So half of these players, I would say people coming out of college, if you were a rookie, you probably didn't even know there was ties in the NFL. I mean, it, it, and that's an honest mistake. Like, I, if I was coming out and I was a rookie, and it was like, "Yo, we play," you know, it's, we ended in a tie. I, I, what you mean? Like, you don't, you don't end ties, not even in high school football. So, why is it in pro football? Is the only level where they're still holding ties at? It just doesn't make sense. Um, you know, if it's about player safety, that's cool. That's fine. You know. You can you can make things you can shorten the game or you can even make it where you did just implement the college rules where the the ball starts at the twenty yard line, you get four downs, you gotta get score a touchdown after the second iteration, then you gotta start going for two points something like that where you shorten the game if you're if you're worried about player safety you could just do it that way where no you know four plays if the play score you know if the team scores cool the other team gets the ball back they gotta score yada 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 until. Until you know somebody has defeat has been defeated, but having ties at the NFL at the highest level, I mean, if we gonna do all that, we might as well watch soccer. I mean, you know what I'm saying we might as well do that. But it's just, I saw that game and I was just like, man, those two teams deserve to have a tie because neither one of them teams are winners. So I saw that and just didn't think anything of it outside of the fact that, yep, that's about how I expected that game to go. Now, on to the nasty man. Old Deshaun Watson made his home return back to the Texans yesterday. And I, I found that game to be a lot interesting. I was talking to my boys. I was like, man, I know the Houston Texans are lemon booty this year. But if they got any 
if they have any self pride or any type of pride that where they want to show up and show out, that's a game they probably have been circled ever since they announced that Deshaun Watson was going to get his suspension increased from, I believe it was six games to 11 games. Whenever they found out that his first game was going to be his return game back to Houston, I'm almost certain that the Houston Texans had that game circled. Why? Because they were actually beating them in the baseball score where the Houston Astros were scoring five runs and the Cleveland, uh, what are they called now? They're the Guardians? Because I can't, I don't, I don't think I can say Indians no more, but I think they're the Guardians. It was five zip is what the end of the first quarter. It was at, at some point in the second quarter. And then it got to five seven. So, I don't think the, the I think the defense had two touchdowns and the special teams had a touchdown or something like that. So nasty man's you know he ain't played football in almost two years. Now I know the last year you know he didn't play at all due to the fact of all the the, the stuff that's been going on off the field for him. So the Texans shut him down for the whole entire year, and as well as this year you know like I said he has just been suspended. So therefore he hasn't played. He hasn't gotten that game speed. He hasn't gotten the battle battle rhythm that he's supposed to have. The the not to mention he's on a brand new team, so he's still trying to figure out a lot of his team member teammates as well. Um, do I expect him to get better? I don't know. Um, we'll see. But you know when you got a guy who who hasn't played for two years, that's almost like not being injured for two years, and you got to come back from a catastrophic injury, and you just got to get more repetition. So. I don't. I would. I would almost say that this is the nasty man's uh, washout year, and he's just going to go out there and play. And then next year will be the year that we can really assess things and see just how much he can um, produce this year, uh, next year, because it's been a minute. And, and and like I said, the best the best way to get better is when you're getting on the field. So um, we'll see how that goes. But yeah, those are my top five teams. Like I said, I got the Cowboys, Eagles, Niners. I got uh, Kansas City. I got Buffalo. And then if you want to throw honorable mention in, we're going to throw Cincinnati in there, the Bengals. Um, they seem to get it put, put together a nice little win streak as well. Jamar Chase is back. And, you know, they're, 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 they're trending upwards. But if you ask me, this is probably the best weekend of football. Um, as far as this, the, the schedule of games go, it was really, really good. I know tonight's game is a, is, is a, a lemon booty classic with the New Orleans Saints against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Like, I don't know. I feel like the last few years, Monday Night Football games have just been lemon booty. Like, it's just, they haven't been good. They haven't been entertaining. Like, they're borderline on Thursday Night Football status as far as how bad some of these games have been. So, um, I probably won't be watching it because, honestly, I've been watching a lot more NBA recently. And I'm a... I'm a pivot there. Um, I was actually going to pivot somewhere else, but I'm a pivot in there, um, being the fact that I did say I've been watching a lot more NBA. So last week, I actually got to take some time out, which is usually I really don't start talking about NBA or really getting knee deep in some NBA basketball until after right around Christmas. But um, I had some downtime last week, so I was able to watch a little bit of the Warriors. I watched a little bit of the Celtics. I watched a little bit of the Mavs. I watched a little bit of... Um, I watched another team as well. I forgot. I think I watched a little bit of the Lakers too. And I and I said I wasn't going to talk too much about the Lakers this year, um, just based off the fact that they are trash. Um, and I still kind of stand by that. But one thing I can't blink off of is they've they've gone they've started the season I believe two and ten, and since then they've gone eight and two. They're in twelfth place. So if the playoffs started today, they actually wouldn't be in the playing tournament. But my man AD. We might need to start looking into considering this man the MVP of the league this year. Um, AD has been on a tear, and, and, and 
I believe this is what the Lakers expected, or this is the AD version that the Lakers fan base, the league fan base, and any casual basketball fan has been expecting from Anthony Davis. My man has been, he dropped a 55-piece last night against the uh, the Washington Wizards. I've seen 40 bones. I've seen 35 bones. I've seen 44 bones coming out of AD. And he's got a blend of Shaq and Kobe as far as just dominating the game right now. So, whatever fountain of youth AD has finally just dug himself into. And, and shout out to LeBron to a certain extent where he's kind of taking that... um. He's taken off the cape of Batman and donned the cape of Robin on. And, and him and AD have kind of done reverse uh, a reverse of the roles where LeBron is kind of taking a step back and letting AD get his shine on. And that's kind of what the expectation has been this whole entire year. So what what them two have trying to finally figure it out, I don't know. But I'm glad to see. I'm just happy to see AD has finally found his niche. He's found the, you know, he's reaching that ceiling that we all expected to for him to come up with. And, and it's really, really good to see that AD is just out there balling, being a monster that we all expected him to see. You know, you can start putting them up there in the sentences with the um, the freaky Greekies and Joel Embiid's and things like that because he's been he he deserves that right now. Now, as far as the Golden State Warriors go, I saw them play the Dallas Mavericks. I saw them play ooh, the Bulls, and I think I saw them play another team earlier this week. But the Dallas Mavericks and Golden State Warrior game, which was a recap or a rematch of last year's Western Conference Finals, the Golden State Warriors they they. They're trending upwards, and I don't know how much of a hole they dug themselves deep into starting out the blocks just so cold, um, but I feel like they still need to make a move, and the reason why I still say they need to make a move, they got Draymond Green. Steve Kerr's been able to figure out a rotation where Draymond Green is playing more with the second unit, trying to give that spark for the bench players to be able to provide to, to, to prove themselves a little bit more and also just provide that stability on the defensive end. They've also started going back to that zone defense that they were notoriously using last year that kind of helped them hide a lot of their blemishes that they had, whether it's, it's whether that's an aging Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Jordan Poole who can't cover a wet blanket. Um, and they've started to revert back to that. And that was really Mike Brown's um, do so, but now he's with the Sacramento Kings. So I think they've been able to kind of go back to the zone defense and that's been helping them in certain key areas of the game. <clears throat> and one, I, I, I'm still thinking that they need to make a move. The question is going to be now is James Wiseman. What do you do with him? Do you just leave him in the G league again this year? Because he's been there for a minute. Um, you know, what's his status? And like I said, you out here in the G league running, getting some burn out there, but G League is the NBA, but it's not the you're not getting top premium quality NBA type of burn right now. You're just running up and down the court, just developing your game. But if you ain't developing against real NBA players, then, I mean, what are we doing? So it's going to be really, really interesting to see what they plan on doing with James Wiseman. J.K., Jonathan Kaminga, he's finally getting some burn. He's looking a little bit like himself. But one person in particular that I've been really uh, improved or impressed with has been Kevin Looney, Kevon Looney. He's been he's been looking like that dog that he was in the playoffs where he was out here grabbing 12, 13, 14 rebounds a game. So whatever Kevon Looney has been backing into, and I'm pretty sure it's just more of a um, 
reassurances that, you know, even if Wiseman comes back, he's not getting his spot taken. And I, I think that that might have been in the back of his head where he's been playing a little bit timid. But Looney's been balling out again. Um, being that defensive anchor, being able to grab key offensive rebounds, um, being able to, to to switch for a couple of seconds and, and make things happen. So I'm really, really impressed. Starting to see what the Warriors can do, but I do think they need to make a move. Now, one team I just didn't think that they were going to be balling out the way they are is the doggone Boston Celtics, the losers of the NBA Finals. Hey, man, I saw them play against the Miami Heat last, the first game of that, the, the, the back-to-back that they had. Hey, man, them boys is cold, bro. Them, them boys is cold. I feel like they... That's a team that lost the NBA Finals, and they actually got better. Um, they ended up getting uh, Malcolm Brogdon, the the former Rookie of the Year. They got Blake Griffin to come off the bench, who's going to give them, you know, some 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 energy. Um, they still even they don't even have Robert Williams yet. So I think the team, the, uh, Boston is man, I, they're they're scary good. Jason Tatum is looking a lot better. Jalen Brown is looking a lot better as well. So that's a team that I I was. Interesting to see just to see how good they are, um, how much better have they gotten. And, and, and um, I can't think of the coach's name right now. Mazzulo, I think is his name, um, has them boys tuned in. And it looks like nothing has changed. It looks like it's just business as usual. When you have a, a bombshell type of uh, news news story that comes across like they had with Ema uh, Udoka, and they're still able to carry on as business as usual. That that shows that they got a lot of professionals on that team. So the Celtics look really, really good. And and, and I was kind of timid to see how they were going to kind of move forward with all, everything that kind of tr- dropped on them literally right before media day. And they, they've they been able to figure it out. So the Celtics look really good. And then I saw the Mavericks. The Mavericks is a team that I can't put my finger on what's wrong with them. And that's not necessarily saying it's a bad team. Like it, it's 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 Luka Luka Doncic is just a team uh, is a player that I can't really put my finger on as far as what he can do to elevate his game. Like he does everything he can, you know, I think he leads the league in scoring. But what do what kind of pieces do you put around him? Do you kind of build a team like you've built LeBron's teams where you just got a guy who's very very ball dominant, you just got you know, dribble, penetrate, and then kick out to a whole bunch of three-point shooters. That's what I think they're going to have to do. But if you're asking me why have the Mavericks come out the blocks a little late, uh, a little slow, I think it has something to do with Jalen Brunson leaving a little bit. Um, I'm not going to say that's a team that got lucky to get all the way to the Western Conference Finals. Like, they busted the, the Utah Jazz was trash, an overrated team. So I'm not surprised that they beat uh, Utah in the first round. That second round team uh, matchup with Phoenix some can say that they got lucky, but I don't consider you playing a, a healthy Phoenix Suns team and you being healthy and you beat him by over 40 points in the game seven. That's not luck. Um, you you can't you could have said it was luck if they won by maybe, you know, three or four points, a little couple of controversial calls. But when you out here busting somebody over the head and over 40 points, that ain't luck at all. So I can't put my finger on what the Mavericks, what they need. Um if I were to say what they could use is probably some more shooters. If they can get another guy who can give the second unit more of a spark off the bench, who can, and that's probably why they got Kemba Walker. I wouldn't got him. I think he's a little cooked, but I'm pretty sure that's what they're hoping that Kemba Walker can still provide as a spark off the bench. But we'll see. But um, yeah, that's, that's my that's my quick little quick little assessment. I know a lot of people asking me, you know, why haven't I talked about the NBA? Because we need need even football season, and you know, basketball season really doesn't kick off until. Christmas, so you know, after Christmas, I'll start picking up basketball a little bit more. So, you know, we'll see. But, um, I wanted to pivot and I wanted to tell y'all, 
you know, everyone's been talking about, you know, how they say about this whole Deion Sanders situation. And for those who don't know, I think it was just yesterday. He accepted a job with um, the University of Colorado. This job is, I want to say it's controversial, but him leaving, you know, some it's definitely torn, put a lot of emphasis on the HBCU community, the black community, and, and a lot of different underlying issues within the black community, you know. One side is saying that he's a sellout. The other side is saying that he did the right thing. And, and my, it's a it's a very very unique situation. And then uh, I was talking to one of my homeboys, and he said it might be one of the most polarizing stories in in in, in sports right now, just because of all the off the field implications that it carries. So let me backtrack. Deion Sanders, I believe, three years ago, gets a job at Jackson State, which is kind of a head scratcher was like I didn't know he was even interested in coaching football like all like that I know he was coaching in in Texas but I, it was just more of a head scratcher like okay you know you want to coach coach football okay and there was a little skeptic skepticism um if you if you know if you follow prime time um you know that he has been about himself he has kind of shown to be selfish and made it about him and things like that I mean my man's got a song called must be the money um he also tried to tap into to ministry and things like that. So he's he's had it. He's and he's had an interesting life to, to per se. So he goes to Jackson State. My thing is, do I am I going to knock a man for for one of the better day sales or one of the better day they they family fortunes and things like that? Absolutely not. Um, that's that's not what I'm here to do. I was definitely damn sure not going to do it towards another black man. Um, I'm all about getting your paper. My my only inkling was, I believe when he first got that job, he was saying that he's he's you know HBCU, he's the swack, he's all this and that. But um, is he really? Um, is my question. College game ESPN's College Game Day was able to do their first ever game day at a HBCU at Jackson State. The light was shining bright at Jackson, you know, at HBCUs. I think he was able to help out other football facilities and things like that to get it up to speed. Now, there's two two sides that I looked at this and I was like, man, I just don't know. One, now that Deion Sanders is leaving the SWAC, will college game day, will all these people still be hooping and hollering about HBCUs? That question is yet to be determined. It's not going to be answered until really next year in football season. We're going to see. If I had to take a guess, the answer is probably going to be no. Um, outside of Steve McNair, I can't think of another big time where we had a, 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 a polarizing figure like this in the HBCU community. Uh, it's one of those things is like, well, what can we do to get better? Well, one, we need resources. Now, Coach Pride, he was able to, to pull. He had a lot of moves. He was cool with American Airlines, so whenever his team had to go travel, he was able to basically charter a, a plane. Um, outside of the University of Oregon, uh, Jackson State was the only team that was wearing a different uniform every game. Them and Oregon are only two two teams that wore different helmets, different uniform combinations every game. He was able to pull that off. He had ties with Michael Strahan, so when it was time for his team to travel, you know, he was able to get, you know, some 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 drip. He had them players in suits. If they wanted to wear suits, they was able to wear suits. If they wanted to wear, you know, just the the, the Jackson State Under Armour sweatsuits, that was cool. But he made sure that they were clothed and things like that. So no one's taking away the things that he has done. 
Um, you know, and, and my thing is, what 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 could he have done to keep that momentum going? Like, is he still going to be putting the, keeping that same energy in the HBCU community? I don't know. My thing is also the tenfold of that is why do <laughs> the three jobs that he was offered or he had interviewed for was for Cincinnati, South Florida, and Colorado. If you told me out of them three, I would have said Colorado was the most bootiest job out of the three. I probably would have took Cincinnati because I think their previous five coaches have all been able to go to a power five conference. I think South Florida, he could have pulled that off just because he's from Fort Myers. So he would have been able to kind of finagle that and been able to recruit. And he would have been the man for at least a couple of years. Like it had been it had been a, a, a quick little four day weekend pass type of trip where, you know, you get there, you open up the transfer porter and you get a lot of people there to come. You're able to go maybe end the season in a top 25 ranking and then you dip set and then probably try to get a job at, I don't know, Texas A&M, Florida, something like that. But there was a couple other jobs that I thought was a little bit more interesting that he wasn't even interviewed for Auburn. Um, I, I don't know why they didn't, you know, I don't know if that was a, a, a job that he would have been interested in, but going straight into the SEC, um, which they probably wouldn't have been a laughing stock, being the fact that Texas and Oklahoma is going to be moving to the SEC um, relatively soon. So, you know, he has a couple of teams that he could have beat up and started progressing there. Um, I thought the Nebraska job would have been a little bit more appealing. Um, Stanford just opened up recently. So there was a lot of more, jo- a couple of more jobs where I was like, did he wait out long enough? But I know North uh, Nebraska filled their position. But the, the, what I'm getting to is that he wasn't even offered those jobs. So the question the, 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 for me was, why are we all got to take the the, 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 the the sorriest jobs known to mankind to, to, to move forward? Colorado ain't been relevant in over 30 years. The last time they won a championship, the only national championship they won was in 1990. I was three years old. Two, actually. Two years old in 1990. Um, when they won the national championship with Cordell Stewart. And they ain't done nothing since. They ain't do nothing in the Big 12. And they damn sure. I think they only won one game this season. So so the question is, why why, why we always got to take the, the crappiest jobs known to mankind? Like you couldn't have given them. I think he had enough of a pedigree where you could have gave him a job at a, at a Power 5 conference. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for him. Do I think him jumping a little? Was it a little bit too soon? Just a tad bit. But you always look back and you kind of see, you know, what could you have done to make when you leaving? Did you make the job better for the next person coming in? That's yet to be determined. Um, I'm very, very interested to see what the what little rimlets has he left around the HBCU community where there's momentum, where the light was shining is still shining. And that's going to be very, very interesting to see next year what kind of coverage the uh, media will be giving the SWAC. How many games will be played on TV with the SWAT and what kind of big stars are going to come to the SWAT? Because it's my understanding that all of these top recruits that these nationwide recruits that were going to the SWAT are now going to be dipping off to Colorado. Now, I don't know about you. Like, I don't know how much they can kind of sell these recruits up. I know weed is legal in Colorado, but, you know, I don't know if he's going to be like they got the stickiest of the ickiest, which apparently what I've been told is is, is a thing that recruiters. I've been being able to like tell people, you know, get get that cracking as far as we legalized uh, states that have marijuana. That that's a recruiting tr- uh, tip that they've been like using on the low low. So I don't know what he's going to be able to pull. Is he going to be able to pull people from California, Arizona, Texas? 
that's going to be TBD. I know he's already said that he's bringing back, he's bringing his luggage with him, meaning that he's going to bring some players with him. And he's also told players that attend Colorado, if you don't like it, hit go into the portal right now. So we'll see. But I, am I happy for the man? Yeah. Do I understand how one side of the house can say they feel like he probably copped out? I understand a little bit. I'm not knocking it. I also feel like he did take that job just maybe a season or two a little too early. But we're going to see. The Pac-12 ain't going to be all that good next year. Um, USC and UCLA, which is probably your top two school, well, your top four schools in the Pac-12, they're about to be dipping really, really soon. I think next year as well. It is next year. They're going to be leaving. So after that, you really only going to have Oregon, Oregon State, Washington, Utah, and that's about it. Cal Berkeley's lemon booty. Stanford's lemon booty. Um, who else is in the Pac-10? Uh, Arizona's lemon booty. Arizona State's lemon booty. Um, so you're going to have a lot of these teams. So this this might be a good time for Dion to stack up with some wins, but... That's my two cents is that I definitely am not going to knock a man for trying to better themselves or their careers or anything like that. But you also try to make sure that when you left the place, did you make it a better place before when you got in? And that's that's the million dollar question right now. And I just don't know if that question will be answered anytime soon. Before we get up out of here, it's time to do the Sports Business Podcast Dummy of the Day. Um... I haven't really been paying attention to this because one, I've lived in the state and two, they keep calling me to vote and I don't live in this damn state. And when that's the state of Georgia, now this, this, this whole Senate race between Warnock and, 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 and Herschel Walker, I haven't really been paying attention to it because one, I don't live in Georgia. So I mean, if I, why would I give time to a state that I don't live in Two, Yes. If people know my, my area code where I'm where my cell phone, it, it is a Georgia number. So I still get robocalls and texts about go vote nah bro I'm not even registered there but I I saw a, a clip this morning where my man I guess Herschel Walker don't know what pronouns is you know he he worried about wokeness in the military and pronouns in the military and, and, and he want to go out there and and, and and worry about trying to fight wars bro, how you, I, I saw that and I just had this puzzled look on my face like what is this man talking about Apparently, everybody's been telling me that he's had children. You know, he's pro, he's pro life, but he's got baby, he's got people, baby mamas that he tried convincing to get abortions and all this other slander. But I saw some of the stuff that he's been saying, and I'm just like, hey man, I think he's had a couple too many concussions. Whether he was with the University of Georgia, the Cowboys, or the Vikings, where he he ain't wrapped too tight. Um, so that 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 got me to say to tell the people in the state of Georgia where I lived and I spent this this it's a state that I grew up in. I spent a lot of my early twenties my my early twenties out there. Um, y'all need to go out and vote, man. Y'all y'all gotta go out and vote and, and and make this right. I think tomorrow is when you vote anyway, so you gotta go out there and vote. I'm not gonna tell you who to vote for, but you. You know, I, I believe in it. You know, everybody's a person and how you address people is how you address people. I've gotten to the point where I, I've learned more about pronouns and want to know what that community is all about. The LGBTQ plus. And if I messed out a letter, I apologize. That was not my intention. I know about the LGBTQ. 
So I know there's other parts of the alphabet that's involved in there. That wasn't my intention. Got to put that out there. But I still want to learn more about that stuff so that I'm not respecting or I'm not disrespecting people because at the end of the day, we are one. We are all human beings in this world. And one way or another, we want to figure out how to get along with each other. So the fact that he ain't even trying to be open about trying to know what pronouns is, is a little disturbing, man. Um, but yeah, I just, it's just some of the stuff he's been saying. I'm just like, man, you wildin', bro. You wildin'. So anyways, that's my sports business podcast, uh, Dummy of the Day. Like I said, my name is Eric Compton, a.k.a. Money Compton, a.k.a. Mr. Town Business. Uh, make sure you hit the like and subscribe button wherever you get your podcast from. Make sure you email the show. Um, sports business, that's S-P-O-R-T-Z-B-I-Z-N-E-S-S at gmail.com. You can also find me on the Twitterverse. We do this once a week, and we will run it back next week. All right, now.